I was saying actually that it was really, really great to see both of you in person. Um, you know, since we started the podcast, it's the first time we've actually <laughs> seen each other in person. That was that was really awesome, even if it was just right. like for a brief second, which was like, <laughs> hi, Amy, in passing. <laughs> <laughs> like, hi, and we just kind of opposite directions, but it was at least nice to see, see you. Yeah, I got to see Aaron for a few minutes, actually. Um, we weren't just running in opposite directions. Despite my best efforts, she kept dodging me on Saturday night. <laughs> we were all trying to dodge you on Saturday night. I'm just kidding. You failed miserably. <laughs> I failed. I failed miserably. But that's that's also your fault because you skipped out of your room without your wife knowing about it. So, oh man, did I tell you about coming back? <laughs> so I went down. They had and we were at the embassy, and they just have like a Coke machine that's just on twenty four seven, pretty much. And so I went downstairs to go get just fountain water from that. Before we went to sleep, we came back for meeting with everybody and, and stuff. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to go fill up my cup. So I walked down, you know, with this thing. And uh, there's Tony and Chris Ward talking there. And I was like, oh, I'll say hi for like five minutes. And then it ended up being like an hour and a half or something like while we were <laughs> down there. And I come back, my wife's like dead asleep. And I show her a picture I took with Paul Levin Cooper. And she's like, I figured it was something like that. And she was like, I... <laughs> I gave up on you because <laughs> she's yeah. and she had also like she's not a brass player or anything like that and she knows i organized this group but she had no idea she just completely but she came with us um and it was funny too because she listened to the european championships with me on the whole way back and was talking about it all that sort of thing so like we talked about brass band being a drug you can be a flute player and get it too it's, yeah, it's just really. as contagious and that was quite possibly the longest conversation i had with anybody the whole weekend <laughs> that you were allowed to have you were putting out yeah. fly, fires and running around and stuff yeah i my my weekend and i'm not complaining about this because it was you know it, it was important to to do all this and the, the work that i had to do but um i didn't i was doing something the entire time i had lunch on on um friday on thursday at noon and then i didn't have another actual meal until sunday at noon you know uh -huh. My, I was I was so busy doing things the entire time that I that it was you know whatever they had in the in the command center with uh, snacks and donuts and whatever it was you know I did literally did not have an hour where I could go and sit down and have a meal um, it, it was crazy yeah so yeah so and, and there weren't a lot of there was a lot of small little conversations little hellos but it was you know Mark Taylor and myself were both um, you know really really busy. You know, running the contest. Kent Eversmeyer, who was running the the contest from Huntsville, a lot of the Huntsville people, um, yeah, and a lot of the board members um, just, you know, had a lot of work to do to make sure that the the contest ran as smoothly as it did. Even though there were a couple of things that, you know, that didn't go as planned. You know, and we'll and we'll we can get into some of those things as we go through the podcast. Um, but, you know, as I from. For me, it was important that everybody else got a chance to have all the meetings and discussions and catch up with friends and performances that that they could possibly have. You know, and I'll I'll took it on the chin <laughs> to make sure that those happened. I'll talk. It was important. I mean, that's that's yeah. the most important part about the competition, or it, than anything else, and especially when we have this is the first one in what three years. Yeah, the first one in three calendar years. Yeah, nineteen was the last one. So. Yeah, so it, I mean, it was good to see all that, you know, because that's always been the best part, 
you know, is, is just making sure everyone's together. And after, after COVID, you know, who knew what, what it actually could happen with that? You know, we had 30 bands, which is, you know, surprisingly good considering how things looked in January, you know, with the Omicron and everything. And there were, there were definitely some bands that, you know, had, had Omicron happened a month earlier, would have drastically changed their ability to make it to the contest. Um, you know, so time, timing was everything. So having 30 bands was really great. Um, you know, most of the people that, that were planning this contest, if not all of the people planning this contest this year have never done it before. You know, three years ago, the last contest was planned by, you know, people who rotated off the board, um, you know, and weren't involved, weren't, you know, intimately involved in the actual planning part of the, the contest. So we were all learning a lot of lessons, including a new host band and a new venue and all that. So, you know, we were, you know, we were hoping to catch everything that we could and, um, you know, without having, you know, without, with having, you know, you know, four months of planning blown up in our faces with, with the venue backing out, that was a critical part of the puzzle, you know, having to re-engineer four months worth of work into one week, you know, was, I guess it was inevitable that there were going to be some mistakes and there, you know, 80% of the problems that we had were some sort of residual, you know, effect from, from the, the venue backing out that we had. You know, it's not, it's not an, it's not an excuse. There are no excuses for the things that went wrong, but it's, you know, it's an explanation, but, you know, but there were some unexcusable things that happened that, you know, we will definitely make sure that they won't happen again. And, and, you know, we already know how to solve those problems and make sure that they don't happen, but, you know, we can go through them if people, if people are interested in hearing what those were, you know, some people didn't notice much and, and some people noticed everything and, you know, you know, I, I know it all, and I can talk about through just about all. <laughs> but I think I think overall, though, everybody was very complimentary of the of everything. I mean, I mean, the the Huntsville band. I mean, they they. I mean, our guys, the people who I had to work with and run into and all that sort of thing, they were phenomenal. Um, Von Bronson, I liked a lot. Huntsville was great. I liked that town a lot. I had some of the best food I've ever had there. It was all fried. <laughs> I don't think I ate a leafy green the whole time I was at Nava, but um, what did you what did you all think about the new spot about Huntsville and Von Braun and all that sort of thing? Um, I was I was pleased with the location of my hotel. I was in uh, I was in the Hilton, um, and at first I was which Hilton, which Hilton are you referring to? Because they're they're all Hiltons. It seems like. The the Hilton downtown, it was like right across from, it was like you could walk pretty much right into the Von Braun like center right across the street. It was you fantastic. Embassy. You mean the embassy? The embassy no. speaks. No. No, she, she's talking about, the, there's a Hilton on the concert entrance. There was a Hilton across the street. Oh, that's Hampton Inn. That's Hampton Inn. That's right across the Marxist on the corner, right across from the concert hall and the and the rhythm on Monroe. I don't think I don't I don't know my my app that I I had to download Hilton Honors to be able to unlock my room. So but Hampton but Hampton is Hampton Inn is a is a part of Hilton hotels, right? So I said Hampton. I don't know. Yeah. Regardless, yeah. I was. Who, I, go on. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Regardless, I thought that that hotel like. 
like the at least the Dublin people who who saw that hotel were like, I'm gonna stay here next time. <laughs> yeah. Well, when we were there for a board meeting last August, that was a lot. It was an empty lot. Really? <laughs> the brand new hotel. And that's why <laughs> well, we maybe that's why it was so awesome. I was like, I yeah. think this is a great hotel. It was great. Yeah. I got I definitely got my steps in staying at the embassy though because it is attached to the von braun that is not that was not a lie but where <laughs> we were in the von braun and the von braun being large enough to host uh the nat the ncaa championship for basketball um we had to go all the way across and uh but my favorite thing was having to walk through like there was some like sort of ba youth basketball tournament or something going on on saturday and it was a perfect example of dads can sleep anywhere because <laughs> like just like across from the concessions you would just see a dad just knocked oh, out on the side and like just in like the weirdest situations while like their four-year-old was just like running around like crazy <laughs> it was it was yeah. hilarious and it's interesting too because with such a big venue when you first open the door especially from the NBC suites and you open that door and you see how large it is you go oh no like I, when i was going to my rehearsal with my accompanist for the solo competition i opened the door and i immediately texted her and i was like i'm gonna be late i have no idea where i'm going and but once you start to figure out the lay of the land, it's, it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. You just got to figure it out, like where the playhouse was versus the the and the various rehearsal rooms, and because like you have to walk through the concert hall. Like there's a lot of stuff that's like not normal for a lot of performing venues, but once you do it, it made a lot of sense. Like when we go back, it'll be a lot less stressful in terms of learning that layout, you know? Yeah, yeah, and and the, I think the the one thing that that feedback that I got a lot of was that, you know, there were a lot of restaurants, but the restaurants were three, four blocks away, which, you know, would have been less of a problem if you could walk through the park to get there, but that was chained off for the art festival. And right. that would have cut 10 minutes off of the walk time to get over there. That'd be a nice, enjoyable walk. But, you know, the thing that, you know, that wasn't really anticipated was that you know, people would, didn't really want to spend that much time going to eat. They wanted to eat fast and get back and listen to the bands, you know. So, you know, there's a lot of suggestions about having food trucks right there at the Von Braun Center. So we'll probably be working, investigating that for next year, just, yeah. you know, to facilitate the faster eat times. That'd be awesome. That would be, genuinely. Yeah. So, you know, every everything that happened, we took notes on and, you know, we're going to, make improvements 100% around the board for everything. So, you know, what, what, what else were your experiences like there, Amy, other than the hotel being right there next door? <laughs> I, um, I thought, I thought it was a great location. Um, we had, we had some, some, the, the drive down took us, took most of us longer than we anticipated. Um, I think that it was just, uh, um, a not very going through Nashville, especially going, going through the cities that we went through. I think we're going to have to plan differently next year uh, when we, when we leave, because we ran into a little bit of traffic and then that stuck us in Nashville in rush hour. <laughs> so it's like, Oh, so we learned, uh, we learned how to, uh, we might be leaving at a different time next year. Also, who would have thought that uh, a nitrogen tanker uh, catching fire on the highway uh, <laughs> would reroute traffic for like a day and a half. So that that added a lot of time 
yeah. to our trip down. That wasn't that couldn't be helped. That couldn't be helped. But but you know, like the like um planning to drive through the cities, you know. But I, I think I think um I I felt so happy when I when we finally got there and we I got to start seeing people and it was like, oh my gosh, this is this is happening. Like I haven't seen these people. I was like, I have to see this person. I have to see this person. And I just kind of like wandered around the building for a while, just completely with no goal whatsoever, other than just finding people who I haven't seen in forever. Yeah, there wasn't enough time to catch up with everybody. Like literally I was buying music, ran into you, and I had to leave you with my wife so I could go purchase the music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it was great to see you. Hold on. <laughs> It was fantastic. I, I just kind of like wandered around. I saw the Danielles, uh, Danielle Van Tynen. That's how we <laughs> well, That's what they're to. called. Danielles. They're, they're the Danielles. <laughs> great. Um, I saw Whenever Sal you need Scarpa. help in my band, you just scream Danielle and somebody will come. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw Sal. Um, I just, I, I just ran into like everyone and it was hugs all around. Cause it was like, Oh my goodness. I haven't seen you in three years. So what you uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about um, like our our bands and what how their experiences were because we have a, a variety of experiences amongst the three bands that we represent right. here. Um, so we'll start with the the champions here and Tony's band and the Triangle Brass Band and also like the six bands that you all brought up brought with you. <laughs> it seems like yeah, <laughs> well, our organization had yeah we had four bands that made the trip. Uh, so it was a it was a big a big project uh, and a lot of money to get all the bands there. A lot of people invested a lot of time and money to to come to this. Um, Triangle Brass Band obviously had a fantastic experience. We they played their you know their butts off. The best the band has ever played in my memory with the band, which goes back to 1999. So everybody's really happy about that. Um, I didn't get to spend much time with them <laughs> because because you know I you know it was because of what I was working, you know, I got to spend the hour we had to re for our rehearsal and the, the hour and a half we did our, our concert routine. And then I was in and out, you know, and I made sure that I turned my phone off for that hour and a half. I was with them and said, look, all right, you guys get an hour and a half with me right now. This is it, you know? Um, but they, but they played lights out. They, you know, whatever stuff I was going through and working for the contest, they bailed me out and, and played their absolute best. And, you know, all, all accounts from them is that they had a great experience, you know, not, you know, it's all, it, you know, it's always a good experience when, when you see success for it, but, um, you know, until they got the, uh, the award Saturday night, they had all day Saturday afternoon to just, you know, kind of gel on how they performed and really the, you know, the results really wouldn't have mattered because they, they know that they played lights out in the best that they could possibly play. So, you know, that was the true gift gift for that and for them and that's that's really the point of going is like you know can our ba band make pro progress and you know did they do the best that they can and you know that was a success for us um i was thinking about tampa brass band you know thinking this is their very first um very first naba they draw a band a their tuba player a tuba player gets gets appendicitis and then your conductor gets COVID and can't make it. Like, is the universe telling you not to go to Napa? We also, um, 
Oh, the, we're, the, that, con the contest is done now, so I can I can tell you this, Tony. We also had um, when I ran into Amy, I also ran into a cornet player who just happened to be up from the UF band um, because I had a COVID. I got a my one of my back row co cornet players got COVID at twelve, or he he messaged me at twelve thirty Friday night, and I ran into this guy. Uh, he just happened to be buying music. He wasn't competing or anything like that. I was like, your name is Sean now, and you're going to play in the band. Um, <laughs> and so he he sat second row cornet for us. So we had a lot of subs. Um, we were patchwork. We had a sub director. Um, but It was fantastic. I, I was there, I, and you couldn't – I mean, he was – Oh, no. Yeah, with the situation, he literally had two rehearsals with us and did phenomenally. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, the band, I'm, you know, we, I think the cool thing about this is that I, to see so many extremely talented groups play throughout the entire weekend, right? And, and you go, you know, even, even I thought we were very happy with our performance and we ended up dead last in our section and we were very happy with it and we didn't have a bad performance by any means. Um, and so for even that, for like, and it, I think it's just a testament to the other bands is like, we play really well and they're playing lights out too. And it's a fun time. And we got really good comment sheets and it's just like oh, upward onwards. You know, we learned so much of how we're going to interact. And, and it was funny. I think we, it was really nice because the, almost the whole band got to sit together on Saturday and watch choice championship section. And I think after all that, after the awards and we all went out to drinks afterwards and all that sort of a thing, I think everybody, I, I think it's something like 70% of my band had never done a NAVA before in yeah. any capacity whatsoever. And I think all of them had a collective, oh, <laughs> this is why you all are so passionate about this thing. Because now they've, they've got it too. And yeah. like I, I messaged one person who is very close to me and I was like, do you understand why I'm, you know, so invested in this stuff now? And he goes, I'm literally practicing cornet right now. <laughs> um so it was it was a it was a great experience for us um we're we're so happy to have for it to have happened and our you know our soloists do what they did i mean the guy who got the horn third section jd don um he's a band director he doesn't compete anymore and he just like did that for the fun of it or whatever yeah. i've never seen somebody so genuinely surprised that he won something yeah. it was like the, it was like watching a kid it was like watching that video of uh the kid getting an n64 or yeah, and you know, and he yeah. didn't expect it, so it was great. Yeah, well, I I'm so glad that you guys didn't listen to the universe and you stuck it out and came and hopefully <laughs> we'll come back again because <laughs> it's like like man, your conductor getting COVID and not being able to come, I'm just like oh my god, that's so that's so wrong, man. Talk about adversity to overcome, jeez. Right. It'll it'll be it'll. But the good thing is, I mean, and, and we told Zach this because he did such a phenomenal job with us that we are going to create like an, uh, an auxiliary conductor position just to keep him around. I think um, you should. Yeah, he <laughs> earned something. Fantastic. <laughs> Bring him just in case next year. <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. Um, and it's it's funny too. And it's just like also, but it's also like, you know, universe telling you not to do it, but also like universe saying that like we're set up to do it because um, a lot of my band, like we've got some former Triangle guys, we've got some former um, Motor City, Detroit area people, JMU, we've got four JMU people, and Zach Wadsworth, who ended up being our director, um, is Tina, who is our actual director, his, her graduate student, but yeah. he played in the JMU band when he got his undergrad. Okay. So it's very rare that he, in Tampa that we, ha we would have somebody who 
has a brass banding background who also happens to be the conducting graduate student with your actual director. So like, it's a lot of universe telling you, no, you shouldn't, but also a lot of you going, but you're set up too, as well. Yeah, we got you covered. Yeah. Yeah, so how were how things for Dublin? Uh, we had a great time. Um, it was clearly my, my first time playing with Dublin. <clears throat> and um, I said from kind of when I started with the band, I was like, I, 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 need, uh, I need some time where I'm either not uh, worrying about needing to be sober enough to drive home or um, like a long time away with the band. Um, because you know, you need to have that time to, to actually like bond and make it more than, than just like, you know, uh, an ensemble. Um, so spending a bunch of time with the band, uh, I got a lot closer with a lot of the members, got to know them a lot better. Um, I think we played, I think we played well. I mean, everyone I talked to, everyone, everyone felt like they played as well as they could. And uh, I think I think that's you know what the goal is. Um, we got good we got good feedback that was in a few specific areas, um, except for percussion. One judge liked our percussion, and one kept on saying it was too much. So <laughs> too bad. Our percussionists are awesome, and you get to hear them. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so. Uh, so yeah, but but the other the other areas, it was very clear feedback across the board on what we should be doing to continue improving. So that was that was nice to get that such consistent feedback. Um, I really I really enjoyed both pieces that we played. There are there have been there have been a few years that the test piece either did not fit the band fit my particular band or I just I personally didn't like it. Um, the 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 one that comes to mind is not a NABA one, but it was it was Goldberg twenty twelve. Oh man, I hated that piece. Um, but I really liked I really liked facets. I really liked a King's Lie. I really enjoyed uh, playing both of them. It was a really enjoyable experience. Um, Those are fun tunes. Those are fun. Yeah, tunes. yeah. I got to listen. I got to listen to Atlantic. Um, I had to rush back from the the rehearsal the um, on Friday night to catch Atlantic, and I got a little bit emotional the first night uh, because it was the first NABA performance that you know I wasn't with that band. Um, but honestly, I think I got I went in thinking that I was going to get emotional because I was like, I'm not with you guys anymore. But but in reality, it was more that I got emotional because I just saw my former students like stepping up. And, and being successful with it. Um, and that was a really cool thing to see. Um, some, some really great things from um, my former student, Josino, um, who, who has improved drastically since I last heard him in order to step up to that solo euphonium role. Um, and so I was, I was really impressed because the stuff that he had to play, especially Saturday night, um, was so was so difficult, so many extended solo passages um, that it was really cool seeing him 
be successful with that. So that was really cool. So as I said, I went in thinking I was going to be emotional because I wasn't with the band anymore. And it ended up being emotional because I was just so proud of everyone. So <laughs> it was it was nice. Um, I felt bad. I was sitting with a San Francisco brass band because I was sitting with um, another former Atlantic member, uh, uh, Jacob Gilbo, who had driven like across the country yeah. to get to NABA. Yeah. Um, and I, I wanted to sit next to him because I was like, he's going to understand what it's like, you know. So I, I sat next to him and I'm like teary eyed and, um, and the people from, from San Francisco were like trying to talk with me and like hang out with me. And I was, I was just, I wasn't rude. I don't think, but I was just kind of like staring straight ahead. Like I am like, there are tears like streaming down my cheek and I'm just like, I just, just, you know, so the next day I went up to them and I was like, I just wanted to say like, I am so sorry if I was if I was rude or anything, you know, um, because, uh, <laughs> you were having a moment. <laughs> I was having, a, yeah, exactly. I was having a moment. And then they, and then they gave me, uh, a San Francisco, uh, shirt, like their NABA debut shirt, because Aww. they said that I, that I was inspiring to Jacob and Jacob, uh, started San Francisco, um and then I had another moment I was like oh so uh you know but it was it was a great it was a great weekend I got to know uh the Dublin members a lot uh a lot better <clears throat> and um yeah good experiences overall that's that's awesome yeah, what a weird experience to like switch bands yeah. After 11, I was in, I was in Atlantic for 11 years as solo youth that I literally, I moved back to the, to the U S um, and joined Atlantic. <clears throat> so yeah, that, that has to be surreal. I, I couldn't imagine, you know, doing this with another band besides the triangle groups that I'm with. Cause I've been doing it for you know 20 some years with them. And if some circumstance came out, I was with somebody else. It'd be like, this is weird. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it was weird. I mean, it was like, like at one point it hit me. I was like, when the, when the band before them was playing and I was like, I'm, I'm not backstage. <laughs> like, this is really weird. I, you know, yeah. Like where's my tie? Exactly. Like I'm just, it was, it was just kind of a weird experience being on the outside of that. Um, I got to see a little bit of their prep because when I was, I was uh, soloing with the Lancaster, the Lancaster Allegro orchestra, they were like, it was like an hour and a half drive over to Atlantic. So I was like, no, I'm just going to go right on over <laughs> and see a little bit of rehearsal. Um, so I got to see their prep a little bit, but, but, um, but seeing them from the outside for the first time in competition uh, was strange because I have literally never seen, I've never heard Atlantic at NABA and not been in it. Right. <laughs> because I was in the UK was in and before that yeah. I was in Ohio. So I just, I, right. and I wasn't, I didn't do anything brass band until I moved to the UK. So I, <laughs> I had never heard Atlantic at a competition and not been in it. <laughs> so that was a little bit surreal. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, but it was good. It was, it was nice hearing, hearing the sound from, from the hall for the first time. Yeah. Well, this could probably be a good, uh, a good transition into the actual competition, you know, and, you know, and 
how the fans played, but how the judges saw it. Um, you know, because you know, we we've instituted NAB has instituted a new a new judging philosophy and approach. You know, and a long a long awaited criteria based um, approach to it. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I. I I've been intimately involved with this, along with John Bell, uh, on the board, and we've used um, some consultants with this. John Phillips being one, who is one of the foremost, you know, brass music evaluating experts there could be. We also used uh, Joe Allison, uh, who is retired from uh, Eastern Kentucky University and has been a longtime BCI and Bands of America judge. He actually helped us design the sheet. The score sheet, um, and sadly, he was set. He was um, set to judge the competition, and he passed away one week before NABA. He passed away last week. Um, you know, which is it's just crushing um, because he was so, he was so valuable in helping us to get this thing set up. Uh, it was sad that he couldn't he couldn't judge the regionals. He was supposed to judge Gateway, and he couldn't do that, and he couldn't do the championships as well. Um, he's been fighting cancer for many, many years. And uh, we thought he was on the mend, but uh, he, he he wasn't able to beat it. And it, it took him just one one week before this whole thing would have gone live for good. So it's it kind of a shame, but we're, we're really thankful that we, you know, we were able to work with him for the time we had. Um, but, that, but that aside, you know, we had a you know, the experience working with the judges, because I was with the judges almost the entire weekend, and they they were first rate. Uh, we had a great experience with all of them. We, we did many, many sessions with them prior to the contest um, over Zoom to talk about the philosophy and the approach and numbers management and, you know, all, all, what the rubric is and box placements and things like that. And we also made the best effort we could to get uh, get practical experience for those judges by having them judge at Gateway or Dublin. And we were able to do that for everybody except for Paul Levitt Cooper and for Alan Ramsey. Um, Alan Ramsey, the main reason for that is because he filled in for Joe Allison when, when Joe let us know that he couldn't do it. And it was at that point, it was too late to get him into a regional. And Paul Levitt Cooper, obviously, because you know, he lives on the other side of the world. <laughs> it's just impractical uh, to, to bring him over for it. But I guess that guy yeah. knows a little bit about brass bands anyway. So. Yeah, he does. That guy's nuts. He was so much fun to have this weekend. Oh, man, I can't even tell you how much fun. You can see on the award, at the award ceremony how much fun he was because that's the way he was all weekend. It was <laughs> awesome. He's I like his piece, too. I like the the championship section. Well, that's that's a, you know – true i mean that that commission which took three years for it to, to, to actually get played um you know chris ward made the contact to the board about about the idea for this commission and uh just it just happened that we were able to make it work and and you know paul knocked it out of the park with that and hopefully that'll be you know you know a big standard championship level piece but man it was hard <laughs> it was it was really hard and when you look at when you look at the recap sheet um, for the weekend, the championship section recap sheet kind of looks exactly like it should. You know, the championship section panel just hit that one out of the park. Um, 
you know, and, you know, we could, we could spend a lot of time, you know, just doing a rundown of, <laughs> of, of how the scoring came out. Um, but the, the championship section, you know, was basically called by the test piece, um, you know, and, and I, and I attribute that mostly to the fact that, um, it was challenging enough that it really separated the bands in a very clear way. And, um, you know, and, and it worked out the way it's supposed to, you know, the judges did a really good job of keeping their spreads accurate and close. Um, you I know, think it was the most know. consistent I've ever seen those numbers. Like if you look across the board for the most part, especially in the, in like section, you know, three and two and one, it's like four, 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 three, 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 two, two. Like it, it, it like they were, it was the most consistent I've seen through the judging well, what, one of the big takeaways that we that we got, and this is something that you really could only, you know, find out by going through it, okay? And and we talked about this pre pre contest, um, but you know, but a couple of things kind of made this not really happen. Uh, one was the timing rule, you know, that was designed to prevent bands from getting timing penalties, which we had zero timing penalties this year, um, but that yeah. that rule. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. Everybody did a great job. And the, and the rule was clear, but what it didn't, what it did is it forced the judges to jump straight from the test piece into the choice piece when they're doing the entire, so for everybody, but the championship section. And because they didn't have an opportunity to completely tie up and put a number down for the test piece and then move on and do a separate competition for the choice piece, we ended up getting, you know, more of a holistic scoring across the choice and test piece. Um, and that wasn't, that wasn't our intention. It was just what, what just naturally happened because those two things happened together. It was just a natural human instinct for one score to influence the other. Um, it did, it didn't get us a, you know, a huge change in what would, what the outcome would be. It just gave us a, something that we learned that we have to, you know, turn the change the the optics or the the um not the optics but the 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 logistics of the contest so that the two things can be judged in a completely separate way um you know so we'll be having discussions on how to make that happen but if anybody wants to know what a recap should look like under this system the championship section is what it should look like and you know the choice piece the, you can look at the, look at the ordinals for the choice piece for the championship section and the numbers are all the, the ordinals are all over the place um you know because the judges have their own opinions and they have how they see things but what they don't do and they weren't allowed to do and what they didn't do is they didn't put the spread so far apart that it overweighted one judge's opinion over the other you know which is something that that could really call a contest so that so the system did its job when the judges didn't have agreements on how they saw things, which is absolutely acceptable. You know, you can't expect three different people who have three different experiences in their life to come to this exact same conclusion, you know, all the time, especially when you add the variable that they're not playing the same repertoire. You know, yeah, that, that, when, that I, when I listened to Choice Piece night for championship section, I did not envy the judges. <laughs> you know, I did. I, I was like, man, like everybody played lights out. I thought I, I, almost every band had the best on their cha on their choice piece night. Every band had the best performance that I remember hearing them. Granted, it's been a while since the last time I've heard a lot of these bands, but all all of them, I was like, 
no, yep, good, yep, good. Oh no, what? what <laughs> well, I, I'm glad I'm not judging. I don't have to make this call. But like you said, the test piece did what it did. It tested bands. Yeah, and the waiting and the waiting did what it's supposed to do. It made the test piece the most important part of the contest, you know, which it's supposed to do, um, you know, and, um, you know, that, you know, in the other sections, you know, we, you know, while we have a lot of faith that the, uh, like that the outcomes were accurate, and and reliable, because the judges, you know, you know we're using the criteria and putting bands based on that, you know, the judges were not allowed to share scores, you know, you know, in, in, in our practice, the judges are allowed to confer after the first band to double check that they're all in the same ballpark. Um, you know, say, you know, I'm in the middle of box three, I'm in the bottom of box three or something like that, but not scores. They don't, they don't share scores at all. You know, so that they figure out, am I in the right, are we all in the right ballpark? Are we all hearing this the same way? And from that on, it's all on them. Um, so, you know, so we don't, you know, we don't want, so we need to start to establish a baseline. You know, so they establish a baseline that they're all in the same area. And then from that point on, it's impression analysis and comparison, you know. And, and if you're going to compare bands, you can't compare bands starting from the first one if they're wackadoodle from the beginning. You know, if you right. have, you know, if you have somebody that's in, in top of box four and somebody that's in the top of box three for the first band, the whole thing's going to be skewed for the for the whole rest of the section. Um, you know, and there's a there's a lot of research that has gone into this. There's, we we've spent hours and hours and hours, you know, talking and figuring out what's the best way to do this and. You know, and after going through it, you know, we we still know we knew that you know this is going to take a couple of years to to actually develop it into the to the perfect system, um, you know. But you know, I, I I assessed it as somewhere between a double and a triple, mostly mostly a triple, um, because we did we did have some things that 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 happened that we said okay, well we need to adjust that to make sure that we get you know get that more consistent with what we're looking for, but. Um, you know, the, the quality of the adjudicators were great. You know, we, we had, um, you know, a, a slightly different approach that we, that we took on this. And, and, you know, I know that some people are kind of scratching their heads about it, um, you know, but we're kind of hoping that they just kind of trust us is that, you know, we've had a lot of feedback about getting diversity in the judging pool. And, you know, we, and, we made sure that we had diversity in the judging pool. And that also meant that we got new judges. And when you enter into a new system, you know, we had to make sure that there are people who knew how to use the system. And, you know, we brought people in. So we had somebody on each panel that, you know, we knew they could hybrid from their experiences and being expert brass people. And, but, but, but great evaluators and knew how to use the system and combine them with, you know, people that we knew were great brass band minds. So, you know, so we have one person on, on each panel, Tiandre Phillips was on one panel and, and John Phillips was on the other panel who were just expert top of the line evaluators and, and, and experts in the system that we're trying to use. And they're, they're having them in the room with the discussions with, you know, Paul Eva Cooper, uh, Jess, Sneeringer, uh, Paul, um, you know, Alan Ramsey and Jack Stamp, who were all the, the, the brass band, you know, historical brass band judges types, 
um, you know, it just made it all that more easy for them to understand, you know, and if they had any questions about this, then they, they had somebody with them all day long that they could say, hey, what, what do you think about, you know, you know, what does the system say about this? What do we need to do for this? Yeah, so, you know, we, we feel, I, I feel really good about the step that we took with this, um, you know, and of course we'll be evaluating it and listening to tapes. You know, everybody I've heard said they love the comments that they've gotten so far, but we're gonna listen. We have the ability to listen to all of the judges' comments from every band, um, you know, and, and, you know, listen to what their comments are and give advice and, and work on trying to improve the evaluation from that standpoint as well. So, you know, that, you know, that's that's the basic rundown of the judging part of this. You know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see, I know in the UK, they have like judging training sessions where like people who would like to become brass band judges can take like a training session and they can practice, um, they can practice adjudicating, they can learn how it works. And then they can start working up, you know, through like the youth section, the third section bands, and then eventually years later start, you know, bumping up into the, into the system. Yeah. Well, we have have doing something like that in the future. Yeah. We're not, we're not just handling this adjudication problem or it's not a problem, but this adjudication program with just the championships. It's kind of a a long-term holistic approach to, you know, to handling judging across brass banding in North America. You know, we've, we've, we started off with partnering with two regionals, Dublin and Gateway, and made sure that, sure that the, the first group that's going to judge this, this championships on this system had practical experience doing it. You know, we'll be expanding into other regionals. You know, it's kind of, we'll kind of back into another topic of conversation, but but we're adding and partnering with more regionals next year um, and p- providing adjudication or evaluation. Some don't, you know, some won't be a competition, but, you know, there'll be evaluation there where the judges can get used to that. You know, so instead of having, you know, six people, you know, now we're going to need 12 people, which, which is more opportunity. You know, when you have one contest a year, there's not a lot of opportunity for growing a judging pool. When you have 12 opportunities and you have 15 opportunities, then now you can start to bring in new people. We have had discussions and, and have tried to lay the groundwork for creating a judges academy. Um, but but you know the focus had to be on getting this first step right. Right. You know, so so it's not it's not gonna be too long or too far away that we are actually going to um, to create a judges academies for people who are interested in doing that. But right now our focus is, is building a judges pool that we know is going to be reliable. So we're kind of targeting those people and inviting them in first so that we, you know, cause we have to take care of the right now first and then right. 10 years from now, who knows what it's going to be. You know? Yeah. Cause in so many ways, this particular NABA was a, a reset of sorts. Because it yeah. does stink that we haven't had one for three years, but it also did a, a, have the opportunity. New venue, none of us have been around each other for like three years. You know, it knew a lot of new board, so it was it was a nice opportunity for that. But like you said, we have to start here to build. But it's funny yeah. because like those conversations are happening. It's 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 a, it's. I, I feel like a lot of these things, like the regionals and stuff, it's not a matter of if; it's just when and the re, getting the resources to make it happen. Yeah. So this, so this, it's not just the, you know, okay, we took care of the judging for this year. Now what's next? 
you know, we, we did what we're doing this year with, you know, another level built into it that's going to that go into effect for this year and another level that's going to go into effect for the next year. You know, so there's a, there's a long game of chess going on rather than, you know, you know, a short game of, you know, just one time, let's get through this year and we'll see what happens next year. You know, so now this is all in, you know, inside baseball, it's inside board discussions and inside the contest committee. So the general public doesn't know these things, um, you know, but hopefully they have enough faith in us to know that we're, you know, we're doing everything we can to make the, the adjudication part of this the, the most reliable and, and educational part of the experience for them. I think, and I think this, this partial, like seeing behind the curtain in this podcast episode is, is really helpful because sometimes for someone who's not on the board to participate in NABA, you see the end result of the decisions, but you don't see you, you don't see like the whole multi-year plan. You don't see the, the decision-making process and the reasons behind it. And so having this opportunity, I think, to talk about some of these things can really, um, can really inform people who were at the championship and participating in these bands so that they understand like what the, what the long game is. Yeah, well, we, we intentionally don't talk about those things on this podcast. This is not a NABA podcast. Right, know? right. It's just that, this, that that right around NABA, we're doing like yeah, these, yeah. these but, extra episodes. But yeah, yeah, we do have access to a lot of inside information right here. <laughs> <laughs> right now. But I think I think if, if this podcast were all about that, I think it would be boring. Yeah, let yeah. me tell you, right. if you guys want to know what it was like backstage for all the first section, I got you. <laughs> I was there. It happened. <laughs> Amy walked right past me. I waved at Amy and she was like, oh,